going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generates podcast this week for Mayakoba. That's it. I always forget what it is right before because there's so much other stuff going through in mind. Mayakoba Championship, some new sponsor. I have no idea who they are. They're playing El Kilmeleon at Mayakoba. That's what I'm going to call it. As usual, I am here with the greatest Canadian GBP player of all time, Tyler Tambly. Tyler, what is up, my friend? What is up, Kenny? Worldwide Technology Championship. There and I go. love the new bit, though. I think the people do as well. You coming in every time, re- pretending like... Here, you know here's the problem. Here's yeah, the problem. Ahead. It's not a bit. <laughs> My <laughs> memory, not great. Not great. I'm thinking about everything else but the damn title of the, uh, of the, of the tournament. Uh, <laughs> if it was a bit, it would be hilarious. That's the best part about it, though, is you come in so fired up with the same intro every time, but because you're so fired up and you know you nail that part, then you forget the title or what the, the sponsor of the week is. So I'll tell you about another sponsor, though. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. Head on over to prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit up to your first $100. Great site. Use it a lot. We've talked about this. We'll say it again. We might have some new listeners this week. Might have no listeners this week because we're trying just to tail this thing out. We're putting out the content. We love doing it. We're diving in deep, but not everyone's following along. But if you are, this show, like I said, we'll have a prize pick segment on it when we get to the, the regular season. They're going to have lines out earlier on the site that we're going to get after. We're going to spend five, six minutes per show going through this stuff, trying to help you guys out, pick some winners, find some money for ourselves at the same time. That's going to be awesome. I know that's sort of Kenny's forte is finding those find those easy lines and picking them up and finding some winners that way. So I'm excited for that, Kenny. It's but, never uh, that easy, but it is fun. I do fuck with prize picks. I'm a I know you love it. That's what I was going to say. That That's kind of my key there. And then if you guys want some prize pick stuff now, you can go on this very channel, hit the like button, hit the subscribe and go to follow all the shows that are on this network. Myself, Mayo and some others do some prize pick shows where we'll have picks. I do every Thursday night football been going pretty good this season so it's a lot of fun as well check that out over here on the mayo media network kenny seamus power the power hour everybody gave it to him i mean thomas dietrich probably thought he was going to win that thing from the clubhouse by the end of it if you're following along patrick rogers up in the mix kevin you ben griffin gave it away lots to talk about i mean it wasn't the best field i know that but uh, some stuff happened down the stretch and power got the job done what'd you think i have to say it was on tv number two in my house with no sound for the whole week. <laughs> it was was not the greatest tournament to watch. Uh, now for uh, yeah, Ben Griffin, I felt sorry for it. And now I do have to say, uh, again, it, it, for the people that have been listening during the swing season, you're probably making money uh, because Tambo's doing his thing with GBPs. Cash Game Cornerstones, once again, doing very, very well. Rogers third, Smalley 11th. Uh, um, what's his name? Shank, I think, finished 29th. Uh, and then, of course, Ryan Armour missed a cut on the number, but still pretty solid. I did make a mistake. Uh, you know, I was at a really hard. I had Ben Griffin lined up as my fifth of cast play that worked out well, even if he did. Good God. I mean, like, I, I, we'll talk about that in a second. Good God. Uh, so I had him in there. So that was nice. And then my last pick was I went Bryce Garnett. I sort of went back to like my old way of thought, like non aggressive trying to get the guy who will finish like 48th and make me the cut. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I was looking for. That was a mistake. We're definitely not doing that this week with the Cascade Cornerstones. I can tell you that. Uh, but yeah, so another winning week, five and one this year, Cascade Cornerstones strong, Tambo killing it in GBPs. You guys listening, you're making dough. So keep listening. 
Yeah, everyone else to play in a fall swing and not listen to the fantasy golf degenerates probably losing money. So I, I'll start with that because we've been having a really, really good fall. Uh, and, and I want this to keep on going uh, until uh, the, the main part of the season starts and we get, you know, our, our listeners back who, who are all football crazy uh, right now, which is understandable. I mean, football's king. That's the way it's going to go. Now, when it comes to the event, that was hard to watch. I, I, luckily, I didn't have – I didn't bet on Ben. Uh, but, you know, he was in my cash game, Cornerstones. It was it was in my cash lineup. It was fine. Him finishing in third. I still finished, like, top 20% uh, in, every single, in every single double up that I was in. But, man, he was 23 under par with on the 12th hole. Yeah. And then went bogey, 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 double. I mean, damn. I I haven't seen a collapse like that in a long, I can't remember the last real collapse like that. I've seen a Vanderbilt. I mean, I don't know, man. It was like epic proportion of a collapse. Uh, If this happened in like a real big time event, people will be talking about it all fucking week. Granted, it was the Bermuda Championship, and no one was watching. Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I was, it was tough to watch. Patrick Rogers did well. A couple other guys uh, in the mix, but I mean, really, not not the greatest event that we've seen so far. What you think? Yeah, I guess like you said. I mean, obviously, different proportions to the claps, but at the same time, again, that's part of the learning curve, right? How often do you get there? Have that lead? I think he said himself after the event that he felt uh, like a little too comfortable. He, he thought sort of he had it and. You never have it. You, you know, a Vin Diesel, you never had it. You never had your car. Like you, you thought you did, it's over. You don't got it. So that's how it goes, man. A guy that's closed before, Seamus Power. I uh, remember when Seamus Power got his first win. I, I think it was um, Barbasol, I want to say, over JT yeah. Poston. And mm-hmm. again, that one, like I'm sure JT Poston thought he had that. Uh, Power clicks it out of the bunker, holds it out, makes JT. He has to put it's not like his match, but I'm saying JT Poston has to make the next one to keep it going and imagine the momentum swing there. And that's not a collapse. That's just the same sort of thing. But here, a guy that's been in that spot before came up from behind, got the job done is in Seamus power. And he just played some incredible golf. So shout out to him. It's good for him. It was overall, like you said, some, these events are good to see these up and comers and these spots, the Kevin Hughes, the Ben Griffins, seeing a guy like Patrick Rogers that we've been waiting to see this W like right there. Like it wasn't like he had the chance. He had a crazy good Sunday. Could he have went lower? Maybe, but six under is a pretty good Sunday. He left himself out the first three days at some point but my point being there's a lot of guys that you get to see that still makes it good but like you said it's it's swing season so it is what it is it's not going to be talked about or anything like that but I know a lot of people bet Ben Griffin and most of them that I know had the each way so happy to at least be able to get the places but man like you said he you know you thought he had it he definitely did not have it so unfortunate for him other than that though man not much else with that event we could probably just move on I'll take my four or six in cash win winning weekend go move on after that event. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a tough one for Ben. I, I will say uh, my GPPs would have been better. Like, I think if you listen to the pod last week, my two 10K plays were Seamus Power and Hubbard. And I overthought, and I ended up not playing Power and playing yeah. a lot more Hubbard. It, so, it didn't so, matter, though. I was going to yeah. just say, I had a, my worst week of the swing season yet. I played Power. I liked Power. By the time Wednesday came around, he was like, my, I was like, all right, this is the guy I'm going to commit to up there. Still did not have a good week with him because I got everything else wrong. So yeah. one of those weeks, you just get it in reverse, right? Hopefully this week we can put it together, find a little bit of a better setup here. But this is a much stronger field at the top, especially. And then obviously it drops off a little bit after that, but still uh, a really good event here. I think one of the better ones that we've seen so far with field strength. I want to go eight and two in cash for the fall swing. So, so I got to go two and one in these last events. 
uh, to, to go eight and two in cash to start the season, which is great. You know, you I, I saw your cash game cornerstones pre-show. I think this is going to be a winning week. So stick around. Uh, we'll see. I like we'll them. See. I, I do like uh, them. I, I, I went aggressive. Usually what Tambo says is it's a good week. Uh, yeah, I, because I will, usually I when you that. have shitty picks, I know by now. Yeah. And I'm like, God, just change these picks, please. <laughs> sometimes I change them. Sometimes I don't. Recently, he's been talking me into it just because, you know, the man's winning a GPP every other day. I got to <laughs> listen, right? I mean, fuck, you know what I'm saying? I'd be an idiot if I didn't, right? So, so it's, uh, it's been going well. I want to keep keep it going. Uh, this week, I like my picks. Uh, the last two to fill out the cash lineup, I cannot figure out to save my life. But the four cash hit cornerstones, I like. So uh, let's move on. Uh, no listener league last week. Uh, probably no listener league this week. The DraftKings sort of focusing a little bit more on football. They're going through some communication changes with emails and phones and all that BS. Maybe. I don't know. They could just be giving, giving us the ghost. Uh, all right, so let's get to the course for this week. PGA Tour has to Playa del Carmen, Mexico, for the Worldwide Technology Classic from El Camillon. El Camillon, just like saying, El Camillon Golf Course at Mayacoba Resort. There are 132 golfers in the field. Um, choose from Montreal Kings, top 65, ties make the cut, typical bullshit. Uh, the tournament has been played at El Camillon since 2007. Plenty of course history here. Uh, throughout the years, there haven't been too many first-time winners, and veterans have dominated a winner's circle. Uh, Ten of the last 14 winners have been over the age of 30, uh, but experience at the course doesn't necessarily look like a precursor to success, as four of the last 10 winners won on their maiden attempt at the course. Uh, now, uh, you know, terrible short-term course history doesn't look too ominous either, as Hovland won a couple years ago, uh, you know, last year and the year before, but the prior two years, he missed the cut. Uh, now, this course doesn't necessarily favor Bombers off the tee, as the only previous winners inside the top 100 in driving distance were Pat Kazire, Harris English, Charlie Hoffman, and Hovland. Those aren't like a who's who of like Bombers either. You know, they might have been in the top 100, but they're not known for their length. Um, the year English won, the course played much longer due to prolonged wet conditions, and they used preferred lies that year as well. Uh, the winning score usually in the high teens, so birdies are a must, but with all the trouble around the course, this layout can play tough, uh, especially if the wind blows hard. Uh, the median cut here, around minus one, so the course is in a cakewalk. Uh, since the course is situated around the Caribbean Sea, there's definitely a chance that the weather could be a factor. If you're looking for correlated courses, uh, if you want to go back a bunch, TPC Kuala Lumpur, uh, Cocoa Beach for the Puerto Rico Open. They both use Seaside Pass Palom on the greens. Also take a look at Harbor Town, uh, Golf Links, Port Royal. Last week, pretty good indicator, uh, you know, course comp for this week. So guy played well last week, might be thinking about playing him again this week. Very, very similar uh, in nature as when it comes to the aesthetics of the course, when it comes to the shortness and the fairways and stuff. But the, the greens, definitely different. It is past pound. Now, El Camillon is a 6,987-yard par 71, four par threes, three par fives. Par fives all reachable in two by most golfers, and they play as the three easiest holes on the course. Now, unlike most weeks, the par three is very short with only the par three tenth hole uh, stretching over 160 yards. Uh, there are two par fours over 460 with six in between 400 and 460 and three under 400. The course is known for its diverse landscapes as jungles, as golf, sorry, as golfers will be playing through dense jungle vegetation, mangrove forests, and oceanside holes. 
The holes by the ocean can get very tricky if there is wind. But the golfers, uh, but as the golfers move more inland, the wind should affect the ball less. Uh, off the tee, golfers will see different with fairways. But for the most part, the fairways are going to play tight. With all the trouble lurking around the fairways, golfers will probably think the fairways are narrower than they actually are. Uh, the 65% fairway hit rate over the years shows that even though the fairways are narrow, golfers still seem to find the short stuff the majority of the time. Because of this and the lack of length of the course, I believe most golfers will leave their drivers in the bag on most holes. Uh, there isn't too much rough around the fairways, and it won't be too high or thick. But if golfers miss the fairways by just about 10 yards or so, uh, they'll have to deal with sand dunes, canals, mangrove forests, and dense jungle vegetation. If golfers do miss mildly, they're going to hope that their ball ends up in the sand dunes other than any other options. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see fairly large greens with bunkers surrounding most of them. The grass on the greens is seaside pass panel, and they'll be running on a slower side with a stint meter rating very similar to last week, 10 and a half. There isn't too much slope and undulation on these greens, but some of them are elevated and have false fronts. So depending on the pin locations, this could be a factor this week. Water will be in play on roughly half the holes, but the main defense of this course will be the weather. If the wind blows, expect a lot more difficult of a course. If it doesn't, then expect a birdie fest. Uh, in non-windy years, the winners have averaged 24, 25 birdies per, round, uh, per the event in non-windy years. So you're going to need those birdies. Tambo. Yeah, I was just pulling it up, too, because I was going to say keep an eye on the weather for sure. I know they've got some rain coming in. I already looked at this. Looks like Wednesday is going to be uh, quite a bit of rain actually coming in there. So then it depends on the winds. It doesn't look like the winds get up get up very much over the weekend, though. So I'm with you on that. You talked about the course quite a bit. I agree with you pretty much on everything. The stats-wise, fairways, greens, obviously the greens being a little bit larger. So on Fantasy National, something like that, if you're looking up stats, I kind of like the opportunities gained where you can bring it into like who's hitting the greens, but actually giving themselves those opportunities and then tied together birdies, DraftKings scoring, just guys that we know. I like some of the course comps you said. Like last week, like you said, different greens, all that stuff. But again, not just who played well last week at the course they were at, but if you liked somebody for last week, I mean, there's no better time than the swing season to bring across and get some flop leg because everybody just flip-flops, no problem. Oh, he sucked for me last week. Can't play him this week. It's worse than guys, Two guys right season. there, Hubbard Armour. Hubbard Armour. Those are the two guys I'm thinking when you're talking about that. There's that. Yeah, there's others too. But yeah, definitely. I just mean like that's how I'm looking at it too. So I think, again, if they played last week, maybe knock some rust off or maybe just didn't have the greatest week. Golf, high variance, as we know. So I'm, I'm okay to go back to the well on some of these guys. But yeah, not, not much else other than that. Definitely keep an eye on the weather. If there is weather in your favor or in the favor of one wave stack or the other, you'll want to keep an eye on that because that can be a big factor at courses like this. So uh, it can swing the score. And we saw it last week. Uh, what was it? Five under, I think got to nine, 89 or 90% to be the, the cut line and then completely swung back the other way and went to six. So that's how crazy it is. And that was, that was with very limited holes left. I'm not saying like it was 90% and then got to say it was maybe four or five holes left when it was at 90%. Yeah. Five, five under finish in 68th place. Yeah. So is what it is the way it shakes out for the week. But the point being, yeah, keep an eye on that for this week. If you can get any type of advantage or edge leaning towards a, a wave, I think that's even better. I don't think it's going to be crazy as of right now. It doesn't look like it, but Anything like that that you can put in your favor is great. Otherwise, it's going to be same as always, Kenny. Looking at this ownership, trying to compare off that. We do have some big names at the top. And like I said, it reminds me almost like a uh, RBC Canadian Open this season where everyone's like, oh, the names, it's so stacked. Look at it. It is at the top. And That's you'll it. get it. We're, we're going to jump right into this first range. It's Billy Horschel up to Scheffler. 
But after that, and even if you're putting Horschel and Wise in the same class as Finau, Morikawa, Hovland, Scheffler, like it does drop off very quickly. So I'm interested to see what you think of that. We can dive right into it. Yeah, let's go ahead. I mean, the Tampa, why don't you get a start? You just start off with a 10K, and I have outside of my cash place, I am having trouble. Let's go ahead. What do you who do you like? Yeah, one thing I will say up top here, definitely just looking at like I've already looked at pre- preliminary ownership projections and put my own spin on it, listing to some stuff and plugging it in. It looks like everyone here is going to be somewhere in that 15 to 20 range. It doesn't look like anybody is going to just be the 25 or 30% guy. I think everyone will play their share of Scheffler, number two in the world with the narrative that he can take back number one from Rory this week with a top two finish. Hovland, two-time defending champion. Morikawa, irons have looked incredible. Approach game back on point. Finau's Finau. Everyone loves Finau. The stats look incredible. Uh, From a scoring perspective, DK, birdies are better. Last 50 rounds, he's number one in both of those. And then great across the board. Can we talk about Finau real quick? Are are you worried about the ring rust at all? Because we've seen that happen a couple of times earlier. I talked about this. I think it was the CJ Cup or or, or Zozo when they had a decent field up top. And I was worried about Scheffler. I was worried about other guys. And they didn't perform as well as they should have because I thought, you know, they haven't had any, 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 any work in uh, during the fall. Fina hasn't played a competitive stroke play event since the tour championship. It's been over two months since he's played a competitive stroke play event. Does that come into your, into your factor? Does that factor at all when you're, when you're looking at him? Almost never for me, because like I said, I just, you'll, you'll never know, right? It could be the, it's only can go, two ways. I mean, obviously he could fall in the middle and just be T50 and mediocre, but I'm saying he could be good at it. He could come out fresh and have that relaxing rest off. You know, he's at the president's cup. He played competitively, but not in stroke play to your point, but that's a pretty high, high competitive atmosphere. So who knows, right? Billy Ho, same sort of thing there. We could talk about in a second, but the point being, uh, you know, maybe he comes in like that or he comes out flat, but I don't really care. Cause I'm only going to have a set number of lineups related towards that. I do think I'm going to stick to these guys at the top. So uh, I'll have way less in the 9K range this week when we get there. But up top, the guys I like the most, Scheffler, don't care. Same thing. Like, he hasn't done much lately. You know, realistically, he's the same situation that Finau's in. For the most part, he had a 45th place. But that's nothing to write home about. But the point being, when you look at the talent level and the caliber here, I like him. I just think his stats set up. I think everything's good. I'm going to take him from from what he is and play him for that. So at 11-4, when people are going to go to, it's going to be spread out, but I'm saying when people are spreading out, I'm seeing him as the better upper tier golfer. So I'm just going to get overweight on Scheffler. I like what Morikawa has been doing. I like Finau's upside. And then if I had to pick one between Wise and Horschel, Wise stats look better. He's the bigger birdie maker, all that. But Wise, anywhere near 15 to 20% and in five-figure price range, always worries me. I know he's got good history here. 15th, second, miscut, 10th, coming in off of sixth place. But... Billy Horschel is the guy I would go with actually here at 10K if I was picking a fourth, just because, uh, like I said, I think it's a big difference between that. I also think Billy Horschel mingling with the President's Cup team and being around all those superstars got to rub off a little bit on him. And on top of that, the guy won the Memorial. He's had a pretty good year in his own right that I just think he's the better did golfer you, here. Did you the- see his, did you hear his interview today? Who's? Billy Horschel. Horschel. I didn't know. Talking about uh, his goals as a golfer. He says he wants to win all four majors. Uh, he said he wants to be number one in the world. Hey, what are you supposed to say, right? You know, I'd like to be a top 10 mediocre golfer and win like, you know, a lot of money. Hey, that's not that's not the answer, but I just thought it was funny. It, uh, it, it know, is but- in a sense, but then like, you got to see, that's what's so funny about this. I, you know, I know um, 
poor play and those guys made up with him. I know they had a beef with them and this year they made up with them. But when you think about it, like people make fun of him and I'm not a Billy Ho fan. I don't give a shit. He's got me Seven PGA Tour wins in his career. But I'm saying exactly that. Like even this past season, just looking at some of the stuff, you know, 11th at the Farmers, sixth at the Phoenix, second at the Arnold Palmer, won the Memorial, seventh at the CJ Cup. Like the guy's doing his thing. Go ahead. And, And it's like, you know what I mean? People just still will write him off. I'm not saying he's the upper end talent of this field. I'm saying in some of these comparisons where people have them, I'm very comfortable going to a guy like Billy Ho here at 10K. And if you don't like it, don't. I bet him as well, by the way, at 20 to 1 this week. Uh, so well, if I'm I not mistaken, he has more wins than Finau, Morikawa, and Hovland combined. Yeah, you, you, I'm not exactly sure on that math, <laughs> but probably over the term. I think it's pretty close, eight, right? At least pretty close. A factor, but still, I could be yeah. a little bit off, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's pretty close. Now, I, he, okay, I, we're talking about Billy. He's going to be my second cash game cornerstone. Three straight top tens coming into here. Two top tens in his last three events, last three times he's played at Mayakoba. Um, you know, Tina Green, he's elite in this field. You know, putting, he, he's solid. Uh, you look a little bit deeper, tons of greens. He has a ton of greens. That's what you're going to need here. You're going to have to have all those opportunities to make birdie. Uh, you got to hit a lot of greens. He's top 10 in green regulation in the next in the last 50 rounds. I like Billy Ho as my second cash game cornerstone. Going a little reverse, number one cash game cornerstone, Victor Hovland. Back-to-back wins. He's had a couple of events under his belt. You know, he, he doesn't have that ring rust. He also played some uh, over the pond. So he, he's gotten that work in. I think I'm going to, so he's going to be my second cash kick. I think I'm going to fade Fina. Uh, I, I, you know, I just nine weeks off is a lot of time. Or here's something that I could, I could think of doing. You know, you would think if you have nine weeks off, the first round you come back to will probably be your worst round of the week, right? So you get Tony, he's middle of the pack, you know, heading into Friday. His number dips from what, 18 to 25. Then you pounce on you know, or something like that. And maybe you can get, maybe that's the way the bet. I will bet on Tony because my betting card is crazy this week. But, but DFS, like he t- might be dead though. We're saying from these tiers talking DraftKings and he might be dead at that point. I, I, I'm talking about gambling too. We talk gambling too. No, we do. I'm just saying, we talk gambling if that's how too. you want to attack him, you could, but asking about who are you playing in this range? You're talking about DFS, fading. I'm not going to play him. Yeah, you're, you're DFS, awesome. I'm not going to play him. Yeah. DFS, I'm not going to play him, but I might bet him. After that first round, maybe he gets that rust out of the way. If he ends his back nine, a couple of birdies or something, and he's still in like 35th place, you know, eh, at 20, and his numbers aren't going to be great because uh, they, they never move the elite guys down that much anymore, even if they have a poor first round. Uh, but, you know, 25 to one, maybe at that point in time, could be the time to pounce. Uh, it's funny because my betting card this week, I have like 10 bets again, but. Uh, but I, you know, I have a $200 limit uh, on my betting card and I'm at 150 right now with those 10 bets. So a lot of long shots, uh, plus Billy Horsham. Uh, I like Billy a lot. I'm betting him as well. Uh, <laughs> let's go down to this uh, 9K. Oh, and I want to play Sheffler. Sheffler is the one guy I am going to play uh, in this range. I might play Morikawa. I might play Wise. I don't know yet. Definitely playing Scheffler and then Hovland and Horschel are two cash game cornerstones of mine. Let's move to this 9K range. I like Hollywood. Hollywood Hoagie had a little, he had that win, a little bit of a low. Now looks like he's coming back up. Iron game, incredibly strong. Uh, tons of birdies. I like him for this course. Really good from 150 to 175. Uh, that's where I think 33% of all approach shots are going to come from. Uh, so I like Hoagie. 
down here. And I like the two short knockers down below. Uh, I like Grio at 9,100. Uh, this seems like his type, of course. You got to be accurate off the tee. Uh, you know, I, and I know people are going to club down, uh, but still, you got to hit these fairways. He's one of the best at that. Uh, iron game, always strong. Yeah, he didn't play too well last time, but he had that little run. Uh, I think he could still go on that. Uh, this seems like an event that he could take down. Uh, he just missed my betting card. I thought about it. I still might do it if I don't want to do what I thought about Tony uh, later on and save that money for live betting. We'll see uh, with my final betting card on Gup's Corner. Uh, and then Brennan Todd just loves this course. That price seems way steep. But, I mean, he's been playing pretty decent. Uh, and, and my computer just broke. Okay. Uh, something out of my computer. Can't look at that. But I know uh, that he is not, a, you know, he's had a, a really good showing here multiple times. Uh, he's not, has not been playing that poorly lately. I like Brandon Todd, Brendan Todd at, at 9K. What do you think his ownership is going to be? I was just going to say, someone's holding it in check is the fact that he's got a nine in front of his price tag. So maybe if he's, you know, 12, 13%, I could see that. But seventh, 28th, and ninth are three of his last four results, Kenny, with a miscut. And his history here is 11th, eighth, and then, of course, the win three years back. So obviously great course history, solid form coming in, decent price. They'll have some ownership attached. But I think Grillo, I think uh, Hoagie for sure, and then maybe even Mav. Like Mav is 11th, 12th, 26th, and 23rd here coming in off an 18th, 12th, and 10th. So that's the interesting part about this range for me, Kenny, just taking it over, is that Montgomery seems way too priced up. But the interesting part is, again, going back to the board here, look at Hoagie. 56th, 3rd, miscut, miscut, 61st. His history, and before that, 63rd and 44th. His history's not great, but everyone's just going off and look how good he's playing and look at the stats. 13th, 9th, 4th, 12th, etc. Well, then you go to Montgomery. 13th, 15th, 9th, 3rd, 9th, 4th, 3rd. So, as much as today, I was already thinking, like, I can't pay up for this guy at that price. The more I look at it, if you just want to give him a skill bump and say you think how good Montgomery's going to be long-term, could you see him having the same amount of win, the win and the the, the numbers like Hoagie as he get, as he gets older? Of course, I think Montgomery might actually be a fine tournament play here with all the love going to Hoagie. As much as I like Hoagie too, it's just I'm saying there's guys around him that you can go to. Uh, Brendan Todd, who you mentioned, Jason Day coming in off an 11th and an eighth, ugly price tag. Again, I wish it was cheaper. I want to play him, but damn, it's expensive. I'm gonna play him I, again. You have to get. That's the point. All these things, Kenny. These these fields will set you off on your mindset because they're not making a guy like Scheffler enough. So you see Scheffler and their price tags. And then these guys seem, it's no different than like the, the ugly weeks when you just have to pay a price tag for a guy. This is still just as ugly after the top it's you're thrown off by the top five guys or six guys. And then you say everyone else seems wrong, but they don't, it's just not a good field after those top six guys. It is a good field overall compared to what we've had. And because of those anchors, but it's not good. And that's where you're going to have some ugly prices still. Another key point before we go to the 8K range, you brought up the Finau thing. Like if he goes backwards, bet him. Just a quick note, uh, both years, last the last two years, which we talked about already, obviously, as everybody knows, Hovland won back-to-back, put up a 63 on Saturday and a 62 on Saturday in those back-to-back wins. So it's like 67, 69, 67, 65. It's not like he came out of the gate scorching hot to go on to win this thing. He did his work on moving day. So just keep that in mind for betting guys, especially at the top. If you want, you don't have to do it. So just makes me think about it thereafter. I just noticed it now. I've already bet Billy Ho at 20 to one, but still 
just a thought. Maybe it will help others who haven't placed some bets yet. Let's move on. Let's go to this 8K range. Kenny, what do you got? Brian Harmon down to Matt Kuchar. I like Detri, man. I mean, like, I know I know Feinberg calls him the uh, the European Tony Finau, whatever. The guy seems like he, he racks up top 10s, you know, every other event. Uh, this price tag seems fair to me uh, in this event. I got no problem with Detri. who has been playing exceptionally well. Really good Sunday last week. Um, I like him. I'm going with my Korean brethren, uh, the handsomest golfer in the world, K.H. Lee. Uh, I like Mr. Handsome over there. I, I got to go with one Korean again. Uh, everything above average for him. Well above average for him comparative to the field. Approach, tee to green, birdies are better, putting. Uh, par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards. You're going to see five to six of those per round. You know, a greens and regulation, all in the top 25% of his field. Um, so, I mean, yeah, give me, give me a little bit of the KH. Almost thought about betting him. Uh, 45, 50 to one, but I did not. Uh, and then um, other guys down here, um, maybe some Henley uh, stats lineup. Uh, really, those two are my favorite in the AK range, the two up top. Uh, once you get down a little bit lower, maybe Andrew Putnam down here has been playing excellent golf. His price reflects the way that he has been playing. Uh, and, you know, even in the model, he's still 22nd. Uh, it's pretty good for Andrew Putnam. I don't remember how often Andrew Putnam's in the top 25 of any of my models. And he's there right now. And this is the last 50 rounds. The guy's been playing pretty well. Uh, so I have to think about him also. Tambo. Yeah. It's one of those ranges where, like I said, I think there's a, you, you could completely skip it if you want, because there's, you know, sort of a knock on everybody here. If you want to go yeah. with it, like Kucher, of course, he's won here before short knocker, everything is there. But then you look at. Is this is the do? scene of the crime? For it Kuchar? is. It yeah. is a scene of the El crime. Camilion. Where. Where he literally lost. After that, I lost all respect for him and hated him. El Chico. Prior to that, I liked him. El Chico. Prior to that, I liked him. Yeah. We had a good argument that week, actually, because yeah. uh, you know everyone had their own opinion on. I, I just, I get it, but I'm saying we're not going to go back there. But I, you know, the calls you had, I actually like Harmon up at the top, 8900, playing some really good golf coming in. Uh, he may get a little steam, but it does feel like Henley is going to be the guy that gets steamed up the most. It doesn't show it yet on ownership projections and sites, but no, his course history is not good. His Recent form is not good, but the numbers show that he's one of the best in the world over the last 50 rounds. So I wonder if that's going to take precedent here and you're going to see him get the most ownership because that's the thing. I don't really want him or I could avoid him in single entry. And yeah, stuff, it's sort especially. of iffy for me, you know, yeah. it's iffy for him. Now, if he's iffy for everybody and the projections show by the end of the week that no one wants him, that's when you want to play a guy like Henley and the numbers show that obviously he can pop at any time. I like KH Lee. He likes to, we, as he likes to say, I, I work out hard, but I eat hard too. Love that kind of guy. That's my style, right? Eat, eat hard, work out hard. It's you pick good. out the work out hard part. That's it's me. You. Yeah, that's you me. have two two similarities, right? Your nationality and the eating hard. Yes, mine yes. would be the workout hard, eat hard because it just balances out. But that's the part where you don't really lose any weight, but you just don't gain a bunch. And uh, my problem is like during the week, I'm fine. It's the weekends when I get stoned. Yeah, like on on Sunday, I I had like I had those bottles of the of that syrup that I've told you about. Right. Yeah. And like I had like five of them, right. That were on like the last little, little small part that I just saved. Right. And I was like, I'll just go ahead and add some water, shake it up and drink all five of these. But what I didn't realize is like the THC usually sinks to the bottom of these things. And so like th that little amount that I had in each one is probably like a hundred milligrams of THC each. And I had five of them. <laughs> so Sunday was not good for me. I, I can't remember being that fucked up. I spent like $148 on Uber Eats throughout the day. 
I don't remember. I got like a 12 inch meatball, sweet and spicy meatball sub. I got like Brazilian steakhouse, like combo meal for four. And I like crushed that to the face. With That's like a good meal. That's lamb good chops, meal. garlic, pecana, uh, Brazilian sausage, Brazilian cheese bread. Crushed it. Crushed it all. Uh, and like, it was, it was horrible. Like I, I, just, I can't remember ever being that high and I'm, I'll never, ever fucking make that mistake again. And then like, I, I couldn't eat anything yesterday because my stomach was still full from the day before I took like 27 shits. My asshole's on fire. Beware kids. Don't do drugs. Anyways, let's move well, on. This, to this comes to this disclaimer from you. I'll never do anything like that again. Comes two weeks after I got high and went on Amazon, ordered a bunch of shit on Amazon. So you're, you're not, your track record is not holding up. No, here. not good. Not good. You're right. It's not good. The weekends, the weekends are definitely becoming like more of a blur for me now. <laughs> Instead of drinking my, my, I remember usually what happens when I drank, you know what I'm saying? Like I can hold my liquor pretty well, uh, but I think I'm overdoing it on, on the weed. So we might have to cut back down on Saturdays and Sundays. All right, let's go to the 7k range. Uh, I'm going back to my boy, P. Rods. You know, I got to go back to him. Pretty good showing last week. Similar course. Why not? You know, discounted $2,000. Yeah, give it give it to me. Give it to give, give me P. Rods. Burmeister. One guy who might not, you might not think about playing uh, too much, but in the last, like, you know, 24 rounds, pretty good, pretty good numbers. Not bad, especially for what I'm looking for this week. So I, I like Burmeister as like a low-owned, you know, tournament play. Harris English. I'm loving English. Uh, he's made three of his last four cuts. Uh, it looks like he's healthy. He's won this event before. He plays well here. You're getting a really steep discount, I think, on a guy that, you know, just last year, year and a half, would have been up there above Billy Horschel, above Aaron Wise. And it's not that long ago where that's the type of player he was. Uh, so give me, give me Harris English again. Uh, at 7,700, lots of guys in the 7K range that I really, really like. I think your point of uh, eliminating the 8K range, not the worst idea at all. Uh, then you can go ahead and, and and go with, you know, three or four of those top guys up top and then just drop down a couple of 9K guys and just, you know, spread out the 7K love, you know, for the rest of the way. That seems like a pretty good way to build your lineups uh, this week. So I like that. Anybody else in this time? I got more, but uh, Pam, who else do you like in this top range? I, I like Munoz sticking with him at 7,900. That seems really cheap for just what his capability is upside stats look really good. And because there's so many guys in that 8k range and so many guys that we're about to get to in this upper 7k range that people will go back to again, it's going to stay pretty spread out. I think so even if he's 10, 12%, that's fine to fit into your lineup at that price at 7,900. So I like him. I'm going to continue to play Davis Riley. It has not worked out, but I can't get off the train now. So I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, everyone is, I think, but, but I, you know, I'm, I've been on the train, so I may as well just go one more stop and there's only like what, two more stops after this. So I'm not sure how many of those he's playing, but I assume both. So I'm going to play him. Uh, Then, you know, the other one, Aaron Rye, if you were paying 10.2 K for Aaron Rye last week or 10.1 K, I think it was, you should be playing him at 7,600. He got 15th here last year, 54th (laughs) place last week sucks when you pay 10.1 K the upside for a top 40 or better at 7,600 is still there. And I think he looks good. Not sure why such a steep price job, you know, drop off again, we get, we gained like five or six guys at the top that are very strong, but to go from 10, one to seven, six, that's a little bit much. So I'm going to be back on him. Robbie Shelton is the guy. I actually like the two guys squeezing out the guy you like. And I think everybody else likes, which is Hayden Buckley. I like 
Robbie Shelton and I like JT Poston. So I, I got two other guys there just to round it out. They're right around him, but I yeah. get why people are playing him. So go ahead. Yeah, well, I mean, Buckley's my third cash game cornerstone. I had a really hard time between Buckley uh, and Adam Long and um, uh, JT Poston. Uh, and then I saw Ben Coley went ahead and tipped Buckley. And I was like, that's good enough for me. I'll go with Buckley out of those three. I'll listen to Ben. Yeah, listen to smarter people than you. Not a weakness. Okay, people, especially in gambling, not a fucking weakness. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll go with I'll go with Buckley. Three top twenties going into this event, uh, three straight. Uh, I think he's had five top twenty sixes in his last seven events played. The guy has top twenty five upside. That's what you're looking for uh, in a seven K guy. Uh, you know, cash maybe top twenty upside is what you're looking for, and he has that. Uh, so I do like Buckley as my third cash game cornerstone. Um, other guys surrounding him, I really like Adam Long. Again, I, I said Adam Long and JT Poston were the other two that I just having trouble um, picking for my final cash game cornerstone. Well, guess what? Both of their salaries equals what I have left. So hint, hint, motherfuckers, hint, hint. Okay, uh, and I've been crushing cash so i say that now we'll have a losing week hopefully not though uh but uh so so we'll see how that plays out uh i do like your aaron rye call i thought about him as well in cash uh i just couldn't uh necessarily afford it i was like a hundred dollars short when i came with my cash game cornerstones because i really want to play adam long who i really like down here i think he's had some decent finishes here. Uh, he's made a bunch of cuts in a row. He's a pr- he's actually won an event on a uh, you know it was a desert course, but you know he, he's won before. You know and you can't say that about 90 percent of this field. Uh, so um, I, I like him going down. There seems to be a lot of Cameron Champ love. I, I didn't really get it. Do, do, do you have any love for Cameron Champ this week? I do not. Yeah, I mean I've seen like like you know I think Bamford tipped him. I, I think. Sundog tipped him. I just can't get on board with it. It just seems like his biggest strength is going to be muted at this event. Uh, you know, when you're not going to be using driver that much. So I can't get aboard. He's a fade for me, but there are sharper people than me playing the fuck out of him. So we'll see. Um, Joel Dahman is another guy down here that I play. EVR, uh, another guy on a course where you don't have to have driver off the tee. Driver is the worst part of his game by like a lot. His iron game, the strongest part of his game. I like EVR down here. Justin Saw, that's going to be another Ben Coley pick. Uh, I'll ride with him. You know, one of the top amateurs out there, $7,100. Um, I'll go ahead and take that. Who do you like in this range? Yeah, a bunch of guys here. that I, This range, I'm just playing for upside. Again, there's you can round it out if you got, if you got a cheap safe play that you want, like a, a Streelman or a Knox or something like that. I have no problem with it. But for me, like Kirk even. But for me, like Hubbard. JJ Spawn, Joel Damon, you know, SH Kim, get back on the wagon there. I, I can do it. Like, I, I just think it's another spot you could hop back on. So Justin Suh, who you mentioned, I'm going to play some of these guys and hope for more pop and more upside, Kenny. And then, like I said, if you want to play those safer guys, Kirk, Streelman, Knox, Marty Laird, they look good. And then the other guy I mentioned earlier, I want or the other guy I want to bring up on what I mentioned earlier of going back to the well, I'm not actually exactly sure how he finished this week, but uh, I was on him pretty heavy last week was Will Gordon. And I think, he had, yeah, he was top 10, top 15. If I remember, I had a lot of them. I like him this week too. I can't remember. I thought he, I thought he did worse than that, but I was going to say, 
Well, he could have fell apart on Sunday. 30 I know fifth. Was, yeah, it, was, it wasn't the greatest finish. But anyway, all I'm saying is like, like Aaron Rye, those are the two for me that I was thinking of where if you were going back to them. Wow, he really finished 30. I know he was in the top 10 going into Sunday. So he, so he must have, he must have fell off. Yeah, I was or, just pulling it up here to look. 68, 66, 66. How about a Sunday 75? How's that treat? Ah, there well, we go. There that it is. would be the reason why. But yeah, just he's a guy I like last week. I like him in the swing season. So I've been talking a little bit about him. I think him. Aaron Rye were the two that I was thinking of. Armor, who you mentioned earlier, is another one uh, that you made me think of when we get down to the 6K range. But just in general, guys that you can go back to. But I, I do want to play a little bit more of the pop upside guys because you saw it when the scoring becomes important and the dependency on it. Like you want to have the best guys here that have the most upside, not just a safe made cut. So uh, I'll be I happy. I think Gordon has upside. I play, I play Gordon. I like that call. Yeah, I like him too. So, okay. Go ahead. All right, uh, 6K range. I mean, if you're going now, do it. Couple of guys up top, Kevin Yu, uh, over at this range at, at sixty nine hundred. He's a guy. I'll get back on CT Pan. Uh, you know, like I said, those these type of courses, Harbor Town, another comp course, just like last week. He played pretty well uh, last week, and his price went down. So okay, give me give me CT Pan. I got no problem with that. Um, and then you know you got like the uh, the 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 Zhang Ju, the Brandon Wu's down here. Not quite sure if I'm going to go that route. But I know Eckroat has played well here before in the past. John Huh is another guy who does really well on shorter courses. Uh, Lipsky comes to mind down here. But my final cash game cornerstone. I gotta go. I gotta go low. If I'm gonna play two guys, one guy 11k, one guy 10k, gotta go low 6k. I'm going Nate Lashley at $6,400. Made two out of three cuts. Uh, you know, uh, two out of his last three cuts. Uh, made, you know, one of two cuts here. But when it comes to his numbers, like, you know, it, it looks like everything's well above average. Like, I have him ranked 25th in my model. He's 43rd in approach, 54th in tee to green, 17th in birdies are better. Uh, you know, uh, 35th in greens and regulation, 33rd in fairways gain. If he just, if he stays in that range of top 30 in fairways gain and greens and regulation, he's going to make the cut. Uh, because he's top 20 in birdie or better percentage. So give me Lashley as my final cash game cornerstone. So my cash game cornerstones for the week, they are going to be Victor Hovland at 11,200, Billy Horschel at 10,000, um, Hayden Buckley at 7,500, Nate Lashley at 6,400. Who do you like in the 6K range, Tambo? The yeah, three guys, I think you mentioned two, at least two of them, but uh, the three that stand out the most for me anyways, Lipsky, Reavy, and Lucas Glover. Surprisingly, all three rate out top 10 or better in opportunities gained, fairways gained. Like, they're all right there for what you want for this course. So I'm going to take some stabs at them. I like the Ryan Armour call back to the well. I like Tyler Duncan as a cheap guy with upside. If he has that good first round or something like that you could see him I, I think he has up. a pretty good course history I think he's never missed a cut I could be wrong about that I think I have it here actually just yeah. to look it up but just to I see mean, you got, we got Pat or that could have been Pat and Kazire no 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 I five could, straight five play five, five times playing here five made cuts yeah, yeah so yeah, a, extra yeah. added bonus I just noticed that now mm-hmm. uh, and then who's the other guy you said one more oh John Huh and Nate Lashley the other two that you were on both of them you spent more time on Lashley as a cash game cornerstone but John Huh oh Doug Gim was one other another guy back to the well bad last week people liked him though i'll I'll be back in on him also so there's like six or seven guys down here i'm not going to get a bunch of them i'm not going to play a bunch of them but i'm just saying in general that's the ones i have interest in ct pan troy Merritt is another one i'll see how it shakes out in my pool by the end of the week but those are the guys 
that I would at least consider further if you're looking at it down here. Yeah, if I play Sheffer Hovland and another 10K guy, I'm going to have to get like eight of these guys down here. So we're, we're going we're gonna to have to pick quite a few. And you I, still I mean, need them in your pool. That's what I'm saying. You yeah. got to have them to make it work, but you don't have to. Like there was enough guys we mentioned in the low sevens that you yeah. could get there and round your lineup out that way. But you probably want one of these guys or something with some 7K guys and then two studs up top if you're going the Stars and Scrubs route, which I don't mind. So I like that call quite a bit. Yeah, I'm basically doing Stars and Scrubs for cash. So, yeah. you know, uh, it tells you how much has changed. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, you got to be able to move with the flow uh, and, and, and know what you're doing wrong and make adjustments. And that's what I'm doing in cash. And it's finally paying off. It's, it's taken about a year and a half to, to, to figure everything out. I mean, maybe a little bit less than that, but the last three, four months have been sick. Uh, so I, I'm trying to keep on going. Tambo's going to do his thing with GBPs, but let's get the bets for this week. And my card is strange. Uh, this week, I, I'll tell you that right now. So first off, I'm going to go Billy Horschel. I got 16 to one. I didn't get the 20 to one number uh, that Tambo got, but I got 16 to one for Horschel. JT Poston, 60 to one. Um, Adam Long, 70 to one. Uh, Harris English, 80 to one. Patrick Rogers, 80 to one. Hayden Buckley, 80 to one. One guy I missed uh, talking about Lee Hodges. I like him a lot this week. Um, 90 to one, uh, Tyler Duncan, 200 to one, Ryan armor, 200 to one, Justin, Suh, 130 to one. So I think I got 10 bets, uh, but you know, nine of them are 70 to one or worse. Yeah. So, so lots of long shots and then hopefully Billy Ho wins. Yeah. I hope you're right. Cause I got him 20 to one. Like you said, the other guys, these, I don't love them as much, but I like the numbers a little bit. I like Todd at 40. Henley at 50. I know some got 60. And then I just went two long shots so I could keep the card open. But Glover, 150. And Kazire, 250. Guy I forgot to mention the 6K range, but I think he's decent here as well. You could go back to a guy like him. So again, probably better DFS plays in Glover and Kazire, but betting them with eight places, I'm okay at those numbers. So who knows? Anything could happen there. Five bets for this week, at least as of now. If I add anything, I'll put it in the Rumpier Sports Discord. You can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. You can find my article on GupsCorner.com. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gups Corner. Come join the fam, Tambo. Yeah, RumpierSports.com. Check it out. You can use promo code RPSHEATER25. Get 25% off your first month. Follow me on Twitter at ToeTagandTambo. Posting out the, the tidbits right now for football, of course, every week on Saturday. People that ask. They'll be back for the regular season golf, so there will be some crossover with a Wednesday thread and with a Saturday thread, but it's good right now doing a lot of contests. Gave away 500 bucks last week on there as well just because having a good having a good month, having a good heater that I'm on right now, so follow me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. All right, three events left this season. Let's see if we can keep the heater going. Let's win some motherfucking money. D-Gen Nation. I've been getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Second penny stock. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, 
which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.